your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Thursday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, and you can follow the Locked On Penguins show's Twitter um, at LO underscore Penguins. Pittsburgh coming off that 5-2 loss to the Edmonton Oilers, a loss that, <clears throat> honestly, um, I, I don't think was too deserving, except, you know, that third period was pretty bad. I think my biggest takeaway, um, before I say that, I will say this. A couple of uh, days ago, I was wrong about one thing, and that I, I touched on their finishing ability. I said it wasn't as bad as some made it out to be. I was wrong. I take full responsibility for that. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, try to have people old takes expose me. I will old takes expose myself because I was a complete moron. I think I was actually looking at the wrong thing. Um, it's not acceptable. I usually always try to give you all the best picture of what's going on. Stats-wise, process-wise, results-wise, um, I failed at that a couple episodes ago. Apologize for that. So here is basically the deal with the Penguins. They are their underlying numbers are mostly really good. That that most that hasn't really changed. It's the finishing ability that is in fact terrible. You know their expected goals are are pretty good. You know they're like top five, top ten in that shot attempts. They're top five, top ten scoring chances for. The process is right there. It's just that. Again, they're not finishing on these chances. Last season, they were the best finishing team in the league. Now, if we go to Jay Fresh's stuff from this year, the Penguins are 32nd in goals scored above expected, minus 16.3 goals scored above expected. That is dead last in the NHL. The Maple Leafs are at 31st, and obviously they're doing a bit better right now. They've won 15 of their last 17 games. But that is just basically the big reason for why this team has struggled so much this year is that they really have not been finishing on their chances. I have seen some takes that, you know, they're shooting it right into the logo. I mean, that that's partly true, but, you know, other times they are, some of the goalies are making a lot of great saves, but um, I think some people are just really frustrated, you know, myself included, because it is just such a huge regression from last year, and again, and I apologize for not um, bringing this up a couple of episodes ago, and I downplayed it because I was looking at a couple other things. Um, I just did not see Jay Fresh's stuff to see just how truly bad it had been this year for Pittsburgh. That has been the main struggle for this team, and, and you saw it last night. They they were getting so many chances on Koskinen. He was doing his job on some of those, but uh, some other ones, it was like you got to finish some of these chances. You know, the Oilers that they were able to have some of these. Awesome deflections. They're finishing two-on-ones. We're going to get to those in just a second. But Pittsburgh, they're not finishing those type of chances. And there have been a lot of passengers on the team. I think that's honestly one of my biggest takeaways from that game and from this season as a whole, I think. You know, there really have been a lot of passengers goal-scoring-wise. I'm not going to talk about their playmaking ability because a lot of these players have done good in that regard. You know, an example would be uh, Jason Zucker. I think his playmaking ability is much better this year compared to last year. That said, he is still not scoring goals. I saw a take this morning that um, someone on a message board, Penguin Sweater, was saying that uh, they would have Alex Galchenyuk over him. I think that's ridiculous. We all know how bad Galchenyuk was when he was here. He wasn't doing anything right. 
in all three phases. But sooner or later, you want Jason to start scoring a little bit more. I still think he's been a bit better this year compared to last year, but I still think too many times you're seeing him be a passenger. And that brings me um, to this small point before I get back to the overall picture with passengers. Please, for the love of God, Mike Sullivan, separate the second line. It is not working. If you go to Natural Stat Trick last night, they were outchanced, out-attempted, and basically out-anything, if that's a word, at 5v5. Jeff Carter does not mesh well with Kapanen and Zucker. Um, he needs to take a long look at that line and start to really mix some combinations up because it, it really is not working and it hasn't worked all season. That line has the worst underlying metrics of any line on this team this season. I just don't understand why Sullivan has continued to stick to it. It seems obvious to me that Kapanen and Carter have no chemistry. The Kapanen-Malkin chemistry was really real. And I think Sullivan will probably go back to that once Gino is inevitably ready. But right now, I've seen nothing to believe that this line should stick together. They're not getting the results. The process isn't even there to potentially get those results. It is a mess in the defensive zone. Nothing is going right for that line. I really hope Sullivan does um, start to change up some of the combinations, especially with that line. Anyways, that was just a small point for about 30 seconds. Getting back to my overall point about the passengers is my biggest takeaway. Um, another one, um, I, I think Teddy Bluger's been awesome this year, but Zach Aston reese I kind of want to see more from him in the offensive end. Um, we all know how great he is defensively. There's not probably a better forward on this team that can do what he does defensively, but we got to start seeing more of an offensive punch from him. He only has one goal this year. Last year, he set his career high with close to 10, and he just hasn't been you know, getting to those high danger areas and finishing his chances. I know the whole team has not been finishing their chances as well, but um, he is definitely, I think, too much of a passenger offensively. Brock McGinn at times, I think he needs to do a little bit more scoring-wise. I know he has more goals this year than Aston Reese on that fourth line, but you know, there's just a, a lot of times I saw last night he was passing up a lot of good shooting opportunities and deferring to a, a pass-first option when it really wasn't there. I want to see Brock really rip it more. He is another player that um, I think the team needs more of. Especially because, you know, the shoes that he's filling, Brandon Tanev, fan favorite, had a bit more of an offensive punch last year, really good defensively. I know the contract wasn't good, but um, again, I think Brock needs to do a little bit more offensively right now. And then, of course, Kasturi Kapanen. He's been a passenger all year. I thought he looked terrible again last night. He keeps doing that same thing that drives me and I think a lot of fans and some of the people that cover the team crazy, where he comes into the offensive zone with such blazing speed, but then excuse me, all of a sudden just stops, stops on a dime, pulls up, and just defers for a pass. And it confuses me because it's like you have all that speed, you have a great shot, and you can make a lot of moves with the puck as well, but you're not deciding to do that for reasons that none of us understand. I, I, I just, I don't get it. Um, he Again, he is not on his game right now. He needs to turn that around in a big way if this team wants to start finishing on their chances a lot better. And I'll say this as well. It probably is my last point before we get to the commercial break. Sidney Crosby has been horrendous this season. I know a lot of it probably has to do with COVID, has to do with the injury. He didn't have training camp. He didn't have preseason games. He didn't have, you know, sometimes that little bit of a slow start to a regular season like he normally does. But it seems like Sid is really fighting it out there. I mean, you know, he's going in the offensive zone and he's, 
you know, making these weird passes. The puck is bouncing off his stick a lot. His skating looks a bit slow. He was kind of gliding in the defensive zone a lot more than normal um, during the game against Edmonton. Kind of looked helpless on a couple of Connor McDavid plays. And I understand McDavid is the best player in hockey, but, you know, Sid just really couldn't do anything there. And he just, he looks bad. It's definitely, I think, a little bit of a cause for concern. I'm sure at some point he is going to show us what makes him a top three player in this game. But right now, I really am not seeing it. And I, I, I'm just, I'm definitely starting to be um, at least a, 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 a smidge concerned with Sid. He's definitely been a, a lot more of a passenger to this, to this season than compared to most. Hopefully that turns around, though, sooner rather than later. But yeah, I mean, that, that's just basically been your Penguin season in a nutshell, folks. I mean, eight minutes in for this episode. The finishing ability has been garbage. A lot of passengers for, forward group-wise. Defensively, I think all the defensemen have combined for just one goal this year. That's unacceptable. Actually, no. Again, that's my fault. It's only four this year. I get that, that's just, that's still not, it's still not acceptable either. I mean, four goals through 20-plus games from your defensive corps. You got to have more from that. So there's definitely been some passengers there. We'll get to Brian Dumoulin coming up here in the next segment and just, you know, my overall thoughts going forward about the team. But yeah, that was by basically my main takeaway and just the point I wanted to nail home a lot for this first segment. The finishing ability has been garbage this year. And, you know, as Jesse Marshall said on Twitter this morning, you know, you have to just stick with the process. It's not being kind to them right now. I understand that. It's very frustrating to me and everyone that watches the team. But this is a great point that he had, and I'll say it for you all here. I would much rather have a great process and be in a scoring slump than be an actual bad hockey team like someone like the New York Islanders or the Philadelphia Flyers that just can't score goals because they are bad. And that's exactly what those two teams have been this year. They're not that good. They can score goals because they both are bad and their underlying numbers have not been kind to them. The Penguins, they have a great process. It's just not yielding them the results. And the regression from last year when they were the top finishing team in hockey to this year, now where they are the worst, um, that's just regression to an extreme amount. You want it to be better, and I think it will be, but these things take time. And you have to hope it goes similarly to what happened with Jake Gensel at the beginning of the season, right? He was getting all these chances. I even called him out a little bit because he wasn't scoring. He didn't look like his normal self. He kept getting those chances, and now look at him. He's on an 11 to 12 game point streak and is the team's leading goal scorer this season, as he always has been when he's healthy. So you just have to hope and think that this is going to turn around here sooner rather than later. That said, this team needs to bang points. They just went on that five-game losing streak. Now they only have one out of a possible six points in these last three games. It's not acceptable, and it's really unfortunate because two of these last three losses, they've actually played some really good hockey. The Montreal won. They deserved a better fate. And then last year, last night, excuse me, I think they deserved a better fate outside of that really bad third period. But we still have a lot more to get to from that game coming up here in the next segment, including Brian Dumoulin's play, the, the odd man rushes. But before we do get to that, I actually played Stat Hero last night. Went one for two in the NHL, racked in $200. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against 
With Stout Hero, it's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stout Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick them the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of the fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stout Hero players clocking odds that are four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stout Hero puts you in control of your fate. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one versus one. Sign up today for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That is stathero.com slash hockey. Use promo code hockey for a 100% match. Remember, one more time stathero.com slash hockey with the promo code hockey. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Now, as we continue our discussion from uh, Wednesday night's 5-2 loss to the Oilers, uh, Brian Dumlin. Um, this was probably, I think, one of his worst games of the season. You, He could not have played those two-on-ones against Connor McDavid any worse. And trust me. I get it. Connor McDavid is the undisputed best player in hockey. If you are arguing for someone else at this point, I kind of think you're a little lost. What he does on a nightly basis is nothing short of extraordinary. Um, he's basically a younger Sidney Crosby at this point. I feel like I'm, I'm watching Sid from his early 20s when I watch him. But that said, Brian Dumlin, you are allowed to try and at least make a play on Connor because on those two-on-ones... He made it way too easy for Connor to thread the pass over, whether it was Zach Hyman, Kyrie Yamoto, whoever it was. I mean, he didn't even drop down to take the pass. And I understand, well, people will say, well, if you drop down to take the pass, he's just going to shoot it. Okay. I mean, I'm trusting my 938 goaltender to make a save in that scenario. I understand he's going up against the best player in the world, but with how Tristan Jari has played this year, I would trust him to make that save. But Dumoulin didn't even do that. He kind of just stood there and, again, allowed McDavid to make those easy passes. And, you know, people are going to say, well, those are just great passes. They really weren't because they he made them so easy to make. Dumoulin was literally just a statue right there. Um, I thought he was just horrendous for most of the game. And, you know, Pittsburgh can't have those turnovers. You know, when you're controlling the game like that going into the third period Pittsburgh had 77% of the scoring chances for 71% of the shot attempts when you're going into a, a period a game is tied you're controlling the game at a very high level you're basically skating them off the ice you cannot afford to have those kind of screw-ups and you no know, they, they, they did that as well in the first and second periods and that was the only reason why Edmonton was in the game despite being outshot 23 to 7 was because Pittsburgh was making these dumb turnovers at really weird times. I think that was just the story of that game overall. Really bad odd man rushes. For once, the Penguins did not get elite goaltending from Tristan Jari, and they did not finish finish their chances. That's just the reason why they lost, despite virtually outplaying the Oilers for the entire game. I will say, I thought Chris Letang had his worst game of the season by far um, on Wednesday evening, which was very weird to say because he has been their best defenseman by far this season. Um, that that first goal that Edmonton scored, um, I did not like the way that he played Hyman. Usually, um, in that situation, he's coming down those left wing boards. You want to keep him to the outside, right? Well, Latang lost him a little bit, and Hyman was able to cut inside. And by that point, 
again, Letang is lost. He's really not going to be able to do anything. I understand Tristan Jari was off his angle a bit there. That's probably a shot that should not go in. He gave him way too much room. But Tanger has to be better in that regard because you can't allow Hyman to get inside access on you like that. You want to try to keep him as outside as possible by letting him cut inside. You're letting him get to one of the most dangerous areas of the ice. Jari gave him a little too much room. Boom. Some of the top goal scorers in the league are just, they're going to bury those every time. Hyman made sure to do that to open the scoring for Edmonton. But just overall, I thought Latang's decision-making with the puck um, it was just, it was lacking. I, I'm sure that's going to be fixed next game. He's their best defenseman. But I did want to point it out, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. When a, when a player plays bad, I, I'm going to tell you all when he plays bad. And so I thought he was pretty horrendous in that game as well. Let's see here. I, th- I thought the officiating was pretty garbage last night. A few of the Edmonton power plays that they got were really weak calls. They were, they were the definition, I think, of what we like to call home cooking in quotation marks. And, you know, the, the refs are not going to be biased towards one team or the other, but um, it was definitely a bit weird to see those calls made. I thought the one on Latang earlier um, was weak. I thought the second one that was called on him was probably even weaker. I know Edmonton didn't really do anything on the power plays that they got because the Penguins PK is so good, but um, I just did not like the officiating in that game overall. You could tell Mike Sullivan didn't either. Overall, I mean, they, they got to get this road trip together in a hurry. That's 0-1-1 to start a very long trip. They have Vancouver coming up on Saturday. That's not a team you want to lose to considering the Canucks have been really bad this year. They have Seattle coming up after that before then playing Washington in Washington again. I mean, it's it, it's not up or shut up time right now. I'm, I, again, I'm not going to be panicking about the team. They're still in decent shape, but... Um, I think we're getting closer now to there's areas that are cause for concern that if they don't get them cleaned up in an orderly manner, um, that that could spell doom for the rest of the season. I, I really do believe that. And it's frustrating as well because the team has gotten such good goaltending from Tristan Jari this year. Most of their underlying numbers are so freaking good. But for whatever reason, the regression has just gone the other way to an extreme amount and they are not finishing their chances at all anymore. So um, it's just, it's been really frustrating to watch. And one more time, the Penguins, they're top 10 in scoring chances for per 60 at 5v5, and high danger scoring chances per 60 at 5v5. We all know what the common denominator is. I've said it about 5,000 times on this episode, and it's why they've been losing a lot more games than they should be this year. But that'll do it for this second segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to go over that Sexy third jersey. I told you all it was coming. I was off by about, let's see, five days. Five total days, but um, I was able to score one for the team. On that, we're going to go into that here in this next segment, and I think a couple of other things as well. But before we do get to that, got beard, get primal, and yes, you did hear me right. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Their goal is to help others look good and live healthier lives through the use of natural oils. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feeling beard products available. This is due to the exotic care your blends with oils like raspberry seed, 
rose chip, and chia seed oil. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you will be glad that you did. Not only are the products in dedication to quality top-notch, the company was founded for a noble cause. The founder, Stephen's mother, was injured in a car accident, and the company was started to pay for her treatment and recovery. Most companies focus on fragrance first and that leads to a product that does not feel good on the skin. We took a step back and focused on the ingredients first to ensure a product that feels great and still smells fantastic. I myself have not used these products for my beard yet, but I can tell you that I definitely ordered a couple of products that are going to be delivered in the next few days to help, that's for sure. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel and beard to the other companies you've used. We promise you, you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off. Remember that's PrimalOriginOils.com. And of course, we can't forget about everyone's favorite betting website, which is betonline.ag it remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season you can head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football NHL boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Alright, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. What a jersey that the Penguins announced on Wednesday morning. I told you all that it was coming. I had the wrong day. I apologize on that. But I, I had that heads up from a source who knows someone in the jersey industry that it was coming. I'm glad that I was able to fulfill with that scoop. So I'm one in one. Maybe I'll give myself a half a point in that regard. But the jersey itself is gorgeous. Um, Anyone that wants to tell you that it's a Rangers ripoff, you know, nothing good happened in those jerseys. They're a bunch of naysayers, and I think they're just trying to be contrarians for the sake of being contrarians. That jersey is at least a 9.5 out of 10 to me. Um, just it looks so much better in all black. We gotta get Snoop Dogg in one of those again. I think the shoulder logo with the Winter Classic, or that's not Winter Classic one, the Stadium Series logo. Um, I don't really care for that. This probably takes off a half a point. Otherwise, um, it's a slam dunk. I'm gonna be getting at least one for the holidays whenever they do go on sale. Actually, no, it's December 11th. Um, at midnight on pensgear.com. Set that reminder. Um, it's not going to be like a 10 a.m. It goes up. It's going to be midnight, I'm sure. Um, there's a chance that the site could crash, but um, it's going to be midnight of that day. I don't know who I'm going to get yet again, but I definitely will be getting one, and I encourage all of you that listen to this show to get one as well. It's just a gorgeous jersey, and they're going to be wearing it for 12 select games this season, starting um, against the Anaheim Ducks. About the same night, and hey, maybe they will wear those as the home jersey in the playoffs. I, I actually would not mind it. I mean, this is just so much better than those le- little yellow piss jerseys that they were wearing. I, I just, I mean, they weren't bad third jerseys, but I also really didn't like them that much, I, I should say. And another reminder, they will be wearing these jerseys for the next three seasons. I'm sure the next year they'll be wearing them more than 12 times. Um, the rest of the way. Other than that, I think that might do it for this episode. I love Jake Ensel's goal against Edmonton last night. What a roof job that he had 
on that one. And he is just on another level right now. Has one of the best contracts in hockey. I'll keep saying that when he is on like this, there are not five better pure goal scorers in the NHL than him. He's not going to get the respect that he deserves because he plays with Sidney Crosby, but he is an elite player in his own right. And I think it's time for more people that cover the sport and watch the sport overall to start calling him as such because he is such a treat to watch on a nightly basis. Awesome to see Teddy Bluger get a goal. I loved how Evan Rodriguez was able to read the ice so well there. You know, he he comes in, it's a three-on-two, um, passes it off, gets the puck back. I thought he was going to shoot there um, from a pretty good area, but saw Bluger from the corner of his eye, passes it to him, and then he kind of has a half-open net, buries that to tie the game for a short period of time. Um, just a really nice play from Rodriguez, and it, it goes to show how well he is reading the ice right now. He's been one of their best forwards this season. And that continued with that amazing play. Overall, though, this team has to start getting results again. You know, one out of six points after a five-game winning streak is not going to cut it. They've been mainly playing well. It's just, can this team finish their chances? They haven't done it all year. They're dead last in terms of that, despite the underlying numbers and the process being really good. It's all about now the results lining up with the process. Let's see if that starts to come to fruition against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night. So that'll do it for this episode. Coming up for Friday's episode, we'll have a full preview of that matchup against the Canucks and a couple of other things as well. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins, and I will talk to you all on Friday.